The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Hey Designer Life ladies, I am so excited to be with you here today. I've been asked by Pastor Chipo to bring uh, this next segment of teaching. I believe the Lord has given me a word specifically for you and I'm excited to be able to, to, to minister to you, to share it with you today. I know that God wants to bless you. He wants to increase you. He has goodness planned for you. Amen. And so my prayer for you today is that you'd be open up your hearts, open up your, your mind. The, 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 your ears to hear, your hearts to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us today. Today, I'm going to be talking about your supernatural strategy for success. Your supernatural strategy for success. You know, God has so many good things planned for us, but we need to make sure that we're on the same page as He is for our life so that we really begin to live the abundant life that Jesus came um, for us to live. Amen. John 10, 10 says it's the enemy who comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but it's Jesus who came to give us life and life more abundantly. Now, hang on. We don't want to just settle for life when we can have abundant life, right? There is always more for us. There's more for you. There's more for your family. There's more for your business. There's more for your church. Then there's certainly more for your kids. Amen. So today we're going to go through your supernatural strategy to success. Let's get in the word today. We're going to look at a few things here and I believe the Lord has has things to bless you in this. So the first thing I've got on here, the first step, if you like, in this supernatural, supernatural strategy, it's quite a mouthful, but the supernatural strategy of God to lead us into success is to know who we are, to know who we are, who God has created us to be. Then the Lord created you. He created you in, in Psalm 139. It says he created you in your mother's womb. That means you are not an accident. You are predestined, predestined for success. You know, God never made a loser and he didn't start with you. Now, then you may have experienced some loss in your life. Maybe you've experienced some mistakes. Come on. Who hasn't had a mistake? Who hasn't had a failure at some times in some area of their life? Maybe you've had a broken relationship. Maybe you've had a divorce. Maybe you've had a loss or a grief or a business um, failure. Maybe you've had a moral failure in some way. You know, the Lord has not cast aside his plans for you. The Bible shows us a great story of redemption. God puts so much care and so much thought into your very creation. He is not going to just cast you away because you've made a mistake. So we're going to look at this for a moment. I want to look, let's look in Ephesians chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. This first chapter really goes through and lays out very nicely what it means to be a child of God. You know, when you receive Jesus, you became part of a family. Maybe you didn't have a family before. Maybe your family's disjointed. Maybe your family abandoned you or you don't even know who they are. Maybe you've had maybe you've had a great family. Whatever your earthly family has been like, whether it's been good or bad, the, the, the news is still the same. When you receive Jesus, you became part of a spiritual family. Amen. A spiritual family. That means that now you have an identity as a child of God. Let's look at what this means because when we understand whose we are, it causes our mindset to change somewhat. 
we start to um, approach the same challenges in life from a different perspective, from a perspective of boldness, of authority, and of potential, rather than maybe allowing our past previous mistakes or errors or negative experiences to drive and determine our, our thoughts, our feelings, and therefore our actions. So let's just get into this in Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to look here. This is written by the Apostle Paul. And in verse 3, we're going to pick it up. It says, Blessed be the Lord God and Father of Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. That means whether you feel like it or not, whether it looks like it or not, whether you've been told about this or not, the fact remains that you have been blessed. You have been blessed with every single spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Now, if that doesn't do something on the inside of you, I don't know what will. That is good news. Now, you are blessed by God Most High. You know, I started thinking about this. You know, sometimes we get so moved by the opinions of other people. Somebody doesn't like us, or somebody isn't promoting us, or somebody's discriminating against us. Somebody might be even persecuting us. You know, and we get so wrapped up, so drawn in to the opinions of other people, it's really easy to forget that God is crazy about us. He's absolutely, madly, wildly in love with you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Absolutely nothing you can do about it. And, you know, this scripture that we just read in Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. It goes on in verse 4 and it says, Just as He chose us, in him before the foundation of the world to be blameless and 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 before him in love man there's a lot in this right not only has he blessed us he has chosen us remember he put so much care and thought and attention into you he never made a mistake and he didn't start with you you're here on purpose you are chosen by god even if the world has overlooked you, even if you were always the last to be picked for, for some task or activity, maybe you were the last to be picked for any kind of promotion, maybe you felt overlooked your entire life, you can know, you can rejoice knowing that God has chosen you. God has chosen you. God has blessed you. And he didn't just do this on a whim. He chose you and he blessed you and he, he picked you to be in relationship with him, to know him intimately before there even was a world, before there were any voices out there, before there were other people, before there were opinions, before there were circumstances, before that earth was even put together, he had you on his mind. Man, just think about this for a moment. You know, our, um, our, our daughter, when she was four years old, I remember just playing on the on the carpet with her there in our lounge and we were, we were playing some some kind of game with blocks or something and all of, them, all of a sudden she just stopped everything that she was doing and she looked at me she's I was with Jesus before the foundation of the world and just carried on playing I'm like we weren't even talking about the Lord you know we were just playing with the with the bricks or whatever but I believe the Holy Spirit dropped that on the inside of her heart she had a revelation right then at four years old that God had picked her. God had chosen her and, God, and she was precious in his sight. Man, if that was never, wasn't a mic drop moment, I don't know what is, right? God has chosen us. You know, if we look at this in the original text, this word to be blessed, it means, this is what it means in the original text. I'm, you know, I'm reading it in the English, but it wasn't written in English, okay? In the original Greek, it means, this word bless, it means to, to consecrate, to invoke a blessing or a benediction, to cause to prosper, to favor, to give thanks and praise for. God give th gives thanks and praise when he looks at you. 
He looks at you and thinks, man, praise, praise, praise myself, I guess is what he says. I don't know, praise God, right? Praise Jesus. You know, he just, start, he just starts to give praise and thanks. When he thinks about you, he invokes a, a blessing. He invoked a blessing when, when he speaks your name, he invokes a blessing. He's the one that causes you to prosper. He has good for you, good plans for you. He says in verse 5, he predestined us, that means he decided ahead of time, that we'd be adopted as sons to himself through Christ Jesus, according to his good pleasure and his will and his praise and his glory that he has graciously bestowed on us in the beloved. Man, there is so much in this. The bottom line is knowing who we are changes how we respond to situations. You know, it, it, I think it takes some of the importance away, some of the value away uh, from us of the of the need for approval. Some of us today are hindered in life because we, we're almost addicted to the approval of other people. You know, there is an audience of one. I want to challenge you today. Some of the reasons why you haven't succeeded may be because you're so worried what everyone else is thinking. We're really, with the, the, our success, our supernatural success strategy begins with knowing who we are in Christ, who Christ is in us, and knowing that we are secure in that love. We are loved by God and nothing, no failure, no, no mishap, no misspeak, right, could, could ever move us away from the love of God. You can be sure in that. You know, God has really been speaking to me lately about the righteous being as bold as a lion. In Proverbs 28 verse 1, this, this is the scripture it comes from, it says, the righteous are bold as a lion. You know, when we received Jesus, we became righteous. All of our past sin, all of our past mistakes was, was washed away, amen, when we accepted his forgiveness for us. We accepted his righteousness. So now that scripture, Proverbs 28, 1, it's talking about you. It's talking about me, the righteous. We are the righteous, amen. That's good news. We are the righteous and the righteous as a characteristic are bold. We're not timid. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, of timidity, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Stop letting your past failures hinder your, your future successes. They, there's, a, there's a mind shift that needs to happen on the inside of us. Amen. Start thinking like a winner. Start thinking like a success waiting to happen rather than listening to the voice of your future failure. This is super important because it's going to help you step on over past mistakes. Step on over and, and into the success plan that God has set aside for you. That every spiritual blessing that he has for you. You know, one of the, the meanings of the word bold, the, the righteous are as bold as lions. You know, they're, they're, this word bold, it means several different things. It means to be bold, obviously, but to be confident, to be secure, to be trusting, to be hidden in God as our refuge. We can take comfort knowing that God is our refuge. He is our source of protection. He is our source of provision. He is our source of inspiration, of creativity. He is the source of every breakthrough. Amen. He is our provider. And when we really know that, the reason we can be bold is because we're not going to be afraid of making a mistake. Sometimes we don't make a move or we don't make a decision because we're worried about failure. You can walk with boldness when you know that God has you in a place of security. Here's your refuge. Here's your success strategy. Amen. Another meaning for this word bold is actually woman. 
It's actually women, right? Which really, really helps me as a woman to know that I can be bold even in my womanhood. Amen. I, I'm, not, I'm not created as to be inferior to man, but I can be bold knowing that God created me as a helpmate, as a compliment. He designed me ahead of time to be a woman before the creation of the world. So I want to encourage all our women out there, be bold in, in being a woman. It also means, this word boldness, it also means to be careless. Not careless as in we just don't care about anyone, but to almost be carefree. Why? Because we know that God has it covered. We know that God is helping us. He is with us and he's never going to leave us. That's a, that's a huge revelation right there. That should keep you going for a while, right? So know whose you are. Know whose you are. You know, John 14 verse 17 and 18, it says this. The spirit of truth, right? The Holy Spirit whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you do, right? But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. He says, I will not leave you orphans because I'm coming to you. I will come to you. You know, when we receive Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit and Jesus on the inside of us, and he's never going to leave us and never going to forsake us. Amen. That's huge. When we know how much we're loved, it makes us bold. You know, 1 John 4, um, verse uh, 40, um, it, it goes on, it says, first, in 1 John 4, 17 and 18, it says this, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. He goes on and he says, there's no fear in love. We don't need to walk in fear. Why? Because the perfect love of Jesus is what casts out that fear. He says, fear involves torment. Fear is not from God. Fear is only from the enemy. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. You know, if we're dealing with fear, if we're dealing with anxiety, one of the root causes of that is because we don't know how much God loves us. We're not really sure what it means to be in Christ. In Christ and Christ in us. You know, my prayer for you today is that you might come to know and understand and experience the depth and the width and the richness of Christ's love for you. It's the love of Christ that sets us free from fear and everything else, okay? It says, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. The reason that we can even love other people is because God first loved us. Man, that's huge. Amen. Okay, so let's move on here. We know that we need to be secure in the love of God. And if that is something that you are struggling with, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. He makes all things real to you. You know, this is, this is a powerful prayer. Lord, let me feel and experience and come to understand your love for me in a more real and tangible way. And he's faithful. He'll do it. Remember, he lives on the inside of you. Another thing that we need to understand, the next step, if you like, in our spiritual success strategy, you know, now that we've come to understand that, that Christ loves us and we're secure in that, you know, we need to know what we have on the inside. Now, I've mentioned this before, that we received Christ. That means Christ came to dwell on the inside of us. You know, you are not just a, a man or a woman watching or listening to this broadcast. You are a child of the Most High God. You know, and as a child of God, having got, received Jesus on the inside of you changes everything. You know, one third of you is, is spirit. How, how is this even possible? That's because Christ is indwelling you. When you received him, you became spiritually alive on the inside. You're not the same person you were before you got born again. You might look the same. You might sound the same. Hey, you might smell the same. Okay. You might even think some way the same, but you're not the same. 
You are now spiritually alive on the inside. And as a child of God, you have power and you have authority in the name of Jesus because you're part of the family of God that you didn't have before that you were part of the family. Remember we read in Ephesians, now you're part of the family. You've been adopted. You're part of a new family blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That means you have power and you have authority. You know, when you walk in the room, your, your presence should demand an explanation. When you walk in the room, the authority of Christ that you carry will stir up the demonic forces. It'll make them flee. It'll intimidate the powers of darkness. Why? Because when people see you coming, they see Jesus coming. You are not who you used to be. There, there, is, a, there is a whole side of you that is full of the power of God. You know, 1 John 4, 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. He who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. 1 John 5, verse 4, it says it this way, For whoever is born of God overcomes the world. How many of you are born of God today? Right? This is talking about you. He says, because he who is in you, because, um, and this is the victory, rather, that has overcome the world, our faith. Our trust, our confidence in God in us and us in God is what causes us to overcome challenges, is what causes us to succeed where other people fail. It was what causes us to get up on back on the horse again and know that one failure doesn't determine our future. It's, it's understanding that there, there is a greater purpose going on and just because we haven't, uh, we've, we haven't maybe seen what we want to see, it doesn't stop us from getting back up and believing God again. Believe God again. I encourage you, don't quit believing God. You know, E.W. Kenyon, he, says it, he puts it this way, he's a, he's a famous uh, preacher. He says, for us to become God inside minded is for us to become victors. If we want to have victory, we have to stop letting failure get in the way of that victory. So we've got to let the failure go. For us to become God inside minded, more aware of who God is in us, is for us to become victorious. That is the plan for success. Understanding who God is in us. You know, Romans 8.37 says, yeah, in all of these things, in all these challenges, you know, hey, the Apostle Paul, right, he went through, wrote the book of Romans. He, you know, kind of like, I'm not sure that I would want to be his friend in an earthly sense, because wherever he was, it was either riot or revival, right? It was either really good or it was really bad. This man went through some persecution. He went through some challenges, and yet he said, these are just light afflictions. Man, I don't know what, I mean, if those are light afflictions, I mean, anyway, in, in Romans 8, 37, it says, Yeah, in all of these things, in all of these afflictions, look, we are more than conquerors through Christ, through him who loved us. More than conquerors. A conqueror, vic victory is who you are. Not what you've done, but who you are. You are always going to be a conqueror. You are always going to be an overcomer. Why? Because the word of God says that's who you are. Don't let past mistakes, past failures um, convince you otherwise. This is super important. Another thing I've got here is that we need to set our heart to seek God. This is part of our success strategy. Sometimes we can let um, just our humanness or our busyness, the busyness of life, hinder us in our relationship with the Lord. And then we wonder why things aren't working out, why we don't feel real bold, why we don't feel real confident, why we don't feel real healed or real prosperous, why we aren't seeing the promises of God that we know are available manifest in our life. 
One of the reasons for that sometimes is that we just get distracted off the Word of God. We have to determine, this is a secret to success. Set your heart to seek God. I'm going to show you something. This is in um, uh, Chronicles, the book of Chronicles, Second Chronicles. And, you know, the, this, this is a lot of history in the, in the book of Chronicles. This is um, in this chapter, verse 20, it's talking about the life of Jehoshaphat. Now, he was a good king. You know, in the Old Testament, there's either good kings or bad kings and really nothing in between. They were either really good or really bad. He was a really good king. And he says in verse 3, Jehoshaphat was fearful and he set himself to seek the Lord. Why was he fearful? Because a large multitude, an invading army was approaching him. And he's the king and he's like, man, it, fear just rose up on the inside of us. You know what? Fear comes to us. But remember, it's the perfect love of Christ that casts out that fear. We've got to choose to set our face to seek the Lord. Look at this. He was fearful, but he set himself to seek the Lord, to seek God. He actually calls all of his people together and he, and, and, and he instructs them to basically, you know, read the word and, and keep um, their eyes on the promises of God. Not on the invading army, not on their weakness, but keep their eyes on the answer. This is huge. You know, in the middle of a challenge, it's really easy to look around us and think, I just don't have enough, you know, or even to curse what little we have. But when we start to, to look at God and say, God, this is what little I have and bless it, what we're doing is we're setting our face to seek God. We're inviting God into our situation, God into our marriage, God into our families, God into our workplace, God into our finances or in our, or in our, physi in our physicality, in our, in our, in our, into our, body, our physical bodies. We're inviting God saying, God, this is what I got, but I know that you're going to add your super to my natural, right? It's, it's a, it's a, a perspective change that is part of the strategy for, for success in our lives. So he says to, to, to his people, you know, we have a covenant with God. We have a covenant with God, and therefore God's going to deliver us. In verse 12, Second um, Chronicles, verse 12, it says, um, for, this is what he, he's just speaking to the people. He says, for we have not enough strength to stand before this great army. We don't, we don't know what to do. And that, that is coming against us. And we don't know what we should do, but our eyes are on you. You know, in a challenge, it's not time to give up. It's not time to quit. You know, people that are victorious, people that succeed, people that, are, that overcome are those people that get up one more time. I would encourage you, get up one more time. Believe God one more time. Just don't quit. You know, the darkest point of the night is right before the dawn. You're going to win if you don't quit. Don't quit. Set your heart to seek God because victory belongs to you. Victory belongs to you. He goes on and he says in, in verse 15, Do not fear nor be dismayed of this great army for the battle is not yours but it's God's. Remember, God is for you. God created you. He created you, predestined you to be part of his family, predestined you to be victorious, to be more than a conqueror. So I encourage you, don't give up. Understand the battle's not yours. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. But the battle belongs to the Lord and he is fighting for us. Amen. He is fighting on our side. Super important. You know, it actually goes on in verse 17. It says, it will not be necessary 
for you to fight in this conflict. No, take your positions. Stand and watch the deliverance of the Lord for you. Don't be fear, don't be in fear or filled with terror, but go out before them and the Lord will be with you. You can set your face to seek God knowing that the Lord is fighting for you and he's going before you. His blessings go before you and they overtake you. Amen. So set your face to seek God. Another thing we need to do in our success strategy is we need to take our thoughts captive. You know what? Our thoughts are the primary reason why we get led astray, led astray, distracted from the promises of God. You know, I'm a busy mom. I've got uh, three kids, husband, a full-time job, full-time minister. There's lots going on in our house, okay? Sometimes I feel like I'm in the middle of Piccadilly Circus with all the people coming and going. And if we're not careful, our thoughts will lead us off. And it's not necessarily into sin. Hey, I'm too busy to sin, right? But our thoughts will, will lead us off of the word of God and distract us with just the busyness of life. And, you know, this is so important because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. So we need to make sure that our thought life is in where it needs to be. If our thought life is on the word of God, our confession is going to be on the Word of God, and therefore our actions are going to be according to the Word of God. And you know, those few those few steps alone is a success strategy. Why? Because circumstances change according to our confession. You know, the world the world itself was created with words, and we don't realize sometimes, but life and death is in the power of the tongue. Life and death is in the power of tongue. That means out of your heart, your mouth speaks. And out of your mouth is either going to come blessing or it's going to come cursing. Either way, it's going to have a result. Either way, it's going to create something, either a blessing or a messing, right? You want to make sure that you're creating blessings with your words rather than just creating a catastrophe, okay, a, a mess. You know, I really had to... Um, get a grip of myself one time I was going through a challenge we were going on a, on a, on a mission trip overseas we we're going to Australia and um, and you know on the on the way there my suitcase didn't make it my suitcase didn't make it so I mean it was a bit of a long story a bit of a supernatural story but I arrived and my luggage didn't in fact um, my, my husband didn't arrive either um, we, there was a whole mix-up with some visas and he had to, he was delayed he had to stay behind and on the inside of me I was kind of I'm on the plane with half my family we, we got we got separated in the process. Half of us had gone ahead, and um, I, and when I landed, I found that I didn't have my luggage. I had his luggage. I wasn't about to wear my husband's clothes, so I arrived. I was late. I had to go straight to the meeting. So on the way to the meeting, I had to pick up a, a change of clothes, um, so that I have some clothes to wear. But you know, my attitude was not great. It wasn't great. I had to really battle with my attitude. You know, our attitude really does. Um, have an effect on the circumstances around us. This is why Jehoshaphat was saying, I'm setting my heart to seek God. Even though I'm afraid, even though my flesh is, doesn't know what to do, it's freaking out, even though in the natural it doesn't look like we can win, I know that one thing I'm going to do, I'm going to set my heart to seek God. And when we do that, it creates in us an attitude adjustment. So I want to encourage you, part of your success strategy is check your attitude. Because your attitude is going to be reflected in your confession, in what comes out of your mouth. I had to check my heart attitude. Lord, I had a stinky attitude, okay? I was, I was tired. I was, I was uncomfortable. I didn't want to be on that plane without my husband. I didn't want to go minister to people. You know, I just had a bad attitude. I was letting the circumstances get on the inside of us. You know, 
it's, I, I, I kind of feel like this sometimes is a, it's a bit like a, a submarine. You know, you think of a submarine, a submarine is, as it goes down deep in the water, as it really gets into the trenches of the ocean, the pressure starts to increase. The pressure of that water starts to increase. It starts to press against the side of the submarine. But you know what? That submarine is never going to be crushed. It's never going to be destroyed. It's never going to lose its functionality unless it opens the hatch and lets the outside pressures in. You know, you were created by God to win and you will not be overcome by the pressures of this world. You may be, you may be trod down, but you will not be defeated. You may be persecuted, but you will not be crushed unless you allow those outside pressures to get on the inside. You know, we need to understand that our attitude, our heart attitude has to be set on the word of God because it's going to affect the circumstances around us. In that moment, I needed an attitude adjustment. And I said, Lord, I need someone to help me. I need someone to help me. I believe you sent me on this trip, Lord. I believe this was this 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 um this trip was designed by God. I know that you have great and mighty things ahead of me. And I I just I decided to repent of my stinking attitude. If this is you, you know, don't don't be um depressed by this. Just repent. Amen. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if my attitude stinks. I'm going to start speaking blessing rather than cursing over my situation. And you know what happened? As I arrived and I got to the venue, the first thing that happened, this woman just came right up to me. I'd never met her before. She'd actually come from a different part of Australia. She'd been on a two-hour plane ride to get to the meeting. She comes up to me and she's, God sent me to help you. And I'm like, yes, he did. It turns out that she was an immigration agent. She was able to help with all of the visas. My husband arrived on a, on a plane just a couple of days later. You know, when I changed my attitude, I was able to enable to allow God into that situation. And I and he turned what would have been a, a, a disastrous um, um, set of circumstances into a place of victory and overcoming. So as she arrived, we ministered to a lot of people. A lot of people got healed. A lot of people got blessed. You know, and then it didn't seem like such a big deal that my suitcase was missing. This is called perspective. You know, the funny thing is that suitcase got miss went missing again on the way back. Finally, it arrived late. It got went missing again on the way back. But now I'd learned some things. My attitude of my heart had changed. The, the strategies for success was already on the inside of my heart. I changed my attitude. I understood that God was with me. My, my confession has started to match the word of God. These things were huge. I'd set my face to seek God. So now when challenges came to me... Rather than being crushed by them, I started to get into agreement and speak the word of God over those, circum over those circumstances. So when, they, when, I, when I, we went to the, to the conveyor belt there and the suitcase didn't come out, there was a part of my heart that was very disappointed. All of the things we'd kind of, gifts and things that we'd got there were in that suitcase that had gone missing. I phoned up the airline, uh, I made a, a missing baggage form report, whatever it was that we needed to do. And still, you know, a couple of days later, my suitcase hadn't arrived. Now, people around me, the people on the phone were telling me, you know, um, this is crazy. You just need to file for the insurance. That suitcase is lost. It's not coming back. But something on the inside of me was like, no, that's my suitcase. It might not be a flock of my fields, but I'm telling you, God says even the flocks of my fields are blessed. I don't have flocks, but I have a suitcase. I've touched that suitcase and everything that I touch prospers. I set my face to seek God and my attitude had gotten 
going to align with victory. My, the, 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 the strategy for success had already been laid out and I was speaking now in agreement with the word of God rather than in agreement with the circumstances. He said, no, that suitcase is coming back to me. The, the, the airline agent probably thought I was a little bit crazy. He said, listen, I'm just looking for someone to come into agreement with me. You see, I've touched that suitcase and therefore it's blessed. And I don't care what it looks like, but that suitcase is coming back to me and nothing is going to be missing and nothing is going to be broken. That is how I'm setting my face and I'm not compromising. I'm just looking for someone to say amen. And she looked at me like a little bit like, I don't even know this woman was a believer, but she heard the gospel. And in the end, she's like, amen. I said, I'm taking that. I'm taking that as the power of agreement. Let me just tell you this. If you've got no one around you that's in agreement with you, you and the Holy Spirit make a majority. You're a majority vote. Your words are powerful. Amen. So I got in, she got into agreement with me and, and a couple of days went by and eventually the phone rings. And um, I don't normally answer phone calls from people when, you know, it's an unknown caller. I don't know who's calling. But this person was on the other end of the line. They said, look, are you missing a suitcase? And we're like, yeah, we're missing a suitcase. So we described the suitcase to them and said, I found your suitcase. You know, this is such an act of God. This suitcase was found by a man who was on a trail about 45 minutes or an hour's drive, even from the airport um, that I flew into. He says, I found this suitcase and your luggage tag was still with your phone number, was still attached to it. He, he said, um, you know, I've got this suitcase. I found it on a trail, a bicycle trail, out in the middle of the bush, under a bush. It'd been there for several days. It was covered in mud. It'd been rained on. It was wet, but it was, it was there and it was complete. This man returned this suitcase to me. The, the airlines couldn't explain it. They're like, we don't know how that happened. You know, did it fall out the plane? Did it go missing? You know, it wasn't even near a road. The man was, was on a trail in the middle of nowhere. He had to go and get his, his um, off-road vehicle to retrieve the suitcase because he couldn't put it on his bicycle. It was that far in the middle of nowhere. No one has an explanation for how that suitcase ended up under that bush in the middle of nowhere. But guess what? The minute those words left my lips, that suitcase is coming back to me. Success, the strategy for success was already determined. There was no other option other than that suitcase was coming back to me. And when it, when it came back and I had it in my house, you know, there was a part of the inside of me that said, started to get into doubt. You know, I bet, you know, so, so it could be missing. The contents could be messed with. I'm like, no, I'm not going to compromise. You see, I'd set my faith. I'd set my, my face to seek the Lord. I said, no, I had determined there would be nothing missing and nothing broken from that suitcase. It was going to be complete as, as the day that I packed it. When I opened the zipper and pulled back the flap, let me tell you, everything was folded, there was nothing missing, and there was nothing broken. That suitcase came back to me in the very same condition of which I sent it. Why? Because you're protected, your life is protected, your possessions are protected. The only thing that's hindering you from your supernatural success strategy is the confession that comes out of your mouth. Once you have set your face, and you have set your faith on the word of God, when you know who it is, the greatness of him who lives on the inside of you, and the boldness and the authority that, that, that you contain in the name of Jesus, there will be nothing that can hinder you and get between you and the success and the plan that God has for your life. Amen. 
So there you have your supernatural strategy for success. It has been God-determined, God-ordained, predestined by the Lord ahead of time. You are a victory waiting to happen. You are God's success story. Amen. So I sure hope that that blessed you today. I sure hope that that encouraged you today. Before we go, let me just spend a, a moment to pray for you. Father, I just thank you. I bless you in Jesus' name. I speak authority to rise up on the inside of the men and the women that are hearing the sound of my voice. We speak health to flow through their body. We speak prosperity in everything that they touch. We remove every hindrance, every curse. We break over them in Jesus' name. Every weapon formed against them, we say, you will not prosper. Right now, we declare over you victory in Jesus' name. We agree and we believe for everything that God has for you to manifest in your life today. Amen. So thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me today. And right now, I'm going to say goodbye. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. That's who